Overview The day of the Lord is God's end times wrath and judgment on the evil world system and its inhabitants. It is the Lord's wicked house of Israel in particular that His eyes are fixed upon as the primary reason that He brings His wrath. We are told about this time, the Lord has a case against His people, Mike 6-2. To bring about His punishment on His rebellious people, God uses the last day's Babylonian kingdom and its Gentile nations and kings. For this reason, the day of the Lord is referred to in a couple of cases as the time of the Gentiles or time of the heathen. I have described this coming judgment and punishment in detail on this site as it will first come upon the two foremost countries where the Lord's house of Israel people reside in the last days, that is, the countries of Israel and the United States, i.e. the nation of Babylon U.S. As end times Antichrist Chaldean kings and their leader, the Antichrist, conquer God's remnant, saints and many others worldwide in the day of the Lord they will become proud and haughty. God says many times through Scripture about this coming time how He despises the proud, arrogant and ruthless who are the destroyers of His heritage. World leaders and mighty men will not have an understanding that it was the God of Israel who allowed them their power in the first place. So God will then turn His punishment onto these Gentile rulers and their nations. This scenario is a repeating pattern from ancient times given in Scripture adhering to God's following timeless principle of doing to others as they have done. We read about this in Scripture as follows. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen, as thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee, thy reward shall return upon thine own head. OB 15. Because the end times Babylonian Chaldean kingdom system exists worldwide, the scope of God's punishment will come onto the entire earth. The Lord says prophetically, the violence done to me and to my flesh be upon Babylon, Jer 51 35. God will use a myriad of means of destruction. Signs Jesus spoke about as the beginning of sorrows, i.e. earthquakes, famine, pestilence, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, etc., will intensify in events that take place throughout the tribulation period. These worldwide events will include the same judgments that God first brings on the countries of Israel and the U.S. and then will include additional specific severe judgments such as those so vividly described in the book of Revelation. The end-time sword described in some instances represents the world's various Gentile armies that will turn to fight against one another, thereby causing mass casualties. When Babylon and its world system falls in the end times due to large-scale judgment and destruction, there will be a huge ripple effect on the remaining nations of the earth. Last days Babylon is described as being a golden cup in the Lord's hand, reminding us of the one he gave to the prophet Jeremiah, telling him to go to all of the nations and make them drink of this wine cup of his fury. The Babylonian system is that which has been filled with graven images, will have corrupted the earth with her immorality and we are told that the nations will have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. We are told in Scripture that when Babylon suddenly falls. And the kings of the earth, who have committed fornication and live deliciously with her, shall bewail her, and lament for her, when they shall see the smoke of her burning, and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. Rev 18-9,11 the merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. Rev 18:15. Overall, the culmination and effect of God's end times worldwide wrath, judgment and various modes of punishment on this evil world kingdom, empire and its system that is in place in the day of the Lord will be such that few men are left. This is the time about which we are told that if God had not decided to cut these final days short, for the sake of His elect, there would be no flesh remaining. Both wicked Gentiles and wicked house of Israel inhabitants all over the earth who will have pledged to this empire will be destroyed. The beginning of the day of the Lord and a likely trigger event. Those who have eyes to prophetically see are instructed several times in Scripture by Jesus Himself to watch in the end times and to be ready. 
Jesus' parable of the ten virgins is one example he gave of this kind of awareness, watching and readiness that will be required in order to escape at or near the beginning of the day of the Lord. The reason that we are instructed to watch is because the day of the Lord will come suddenly, as a thief in the night. Jesus gave the days of Noah as an example of this kind of sudden onset event as it was represented by those who were caught in the flood unaware and taken away. Speaking again of this time of the end, Jesus remarked, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man know, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father, Mk 1332. In the line of Scripture in 1 Thessalonians where the Apostle Paul reiterates that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, he infers that children of the light will not be surprised as to the general season of the onset of the day of the Lord. Paul also provided a clue as to a likely triggering event. He said, For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. 1 Thess 5-3. In considering this event further, we might use the general principle of keeping our eye on God's house of Israel people. As we continue to watch in these last days it is easy to assume that world news will continue to portray conflicts in the Middle East between the country of Israel and its neighboring enemies. Thus, from this, it is logical to expect a declaration of so-called peace that will come about as an apparent solution to continuing and escalating conflicts. It is also reasonable to assume that the country of Israel and the United States, which includes today's end times northern kingdom of the House of Israel, will likely have parties at the table in this false peace agreement. But at the same time we must consider how such a great peace agreement will bring destruction on the very parties who are involved. This false, fraudulent peace agreement will represent a culmination of the mid-eeds and misdoings of the House of Israel's rulers and oligarchs in both the country of Israel and nation of Babylon U.S. Prophets with messages to the House of Israel, which sometimes is referred to broadly as Jacob, forewarn in Scripture and in the context of last day's judgment events that will come onto them because of their corrupt rulers. This is shown in the following Scriptures. For the transgression of Jacob is all this, and for the sins of the house of Israel. What is the transgression of Jacob? Is it not Samaria? And what are the high places of Judah? Are they not Jerusalem? Mike 1-5. And I said, Here, I pray you, O heads of Jacob, and ye princes of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know judgment? Mike 3-1. Likely at the time of this, false, peace agreement, leaders of both countries, Israel and the U.S., who are at the table with leaders of many other countries will be found to have been dealing corruptly and deceitfully with other nations of the world. They will be caught and will find that they have been set up for a fall because of their secret, behind-the-scenes dealings. The very organization they have served, the global Antichrist Chaldeans and their associated false gods, will suddenly turn against them in an event likely determined and planned long ago. This peace agreement, while being a front for peace in the Middle East region and reported by the news media as such, in reality will merely serve as a fraudulent, symbolic, gesture of peace by the House of Israel's leaders in an attempt to alleviate the controversy that God has with them in these end times for their oppressive and persecuting actions against His Spirit of Truth and His righteous Jacob Judah remnant servants residing largely in Babylon U.S. There are many scriptures about the Lord's punishment on behalf of His righteous remnant servants in the end times. Some of these are related to a member God refers to as the daughter of, His, people and the persecution, spoiling and abomination that the daughter of Zion suffers at the hands of these leaders. God says about them. They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Jer 6 14. 
These powerful rulers and oligarchs of the House of Israel who are traitors in both the country of Israel and the U.S. will likely be attempting to use this so-called peace agreement as just another front and vehicle for a secret deal to protect themselves from their own crimes and to allow them to run to a new world order system to escape accountability. Scripture in the book of Hosea tells us that at this time God will spread His net over them. Additional Scripture tells us that they will be captured, taken away, and will experience the sword against them. The Lord's house of Israel's powerful rulers and oligarchs, i.e. mountains of Israel, will finally realize that their own enemy was the same organization that they had been a part of via silent oaths and secret, underhanded dealings. Just as in the days of the prophet Jeremiah, the house of Israel's corrupt, oppressive leaders will wake up to the fact that serving other gods, thereby breaking God's law and Jesus' first commandment, will have caused them to severely transgress. It will be too late. The implications are that they will have both willingly as well as unknowingly cooperated in, as well as aided and abetted, evil schemes that oppress and persecute others, not only in their own countries but worldwide. They will have been framed, set up, and tricked. God says in Scripture in the book of Isaiah that they will be confounded for the gardens that, they, have chosen. Their misdeeds will be revealed for the world to see. God says that they will have borne the shame of the heathen. In the book of Amos, we are told that this day of the Lord will cause a wailing in all Israel's vineyards, highways and streets. We read about this further in Scripture as follows. They shall also gird themselves with sackcloth, and horror shall cover them, and shame shall be upon all faces, and baldness upon all their heads. Easy 7:18. As the thief is ashamed when he is found, so is the house of Israel ashamed, they, their kings, their princes, and their priests, and their prophets. Jer 2:26. Yea, I will cause men to walk upon you, even my people Israel, and they shall possess thee, and thou shalt be their inheritance, and thou shalt no more henceforth bereave them of men. Thus saith the Lord God, because they say unto you, Thou land devourest up men, and hast bereaved thy nations, therefore thou shalt devour men no more, neither bereave thy nations any more, saith the Lord God. Easy 36 13 as mentioned above, Satan will have tricked and deceived many of God's house of Israel people. The exposing of the wicked, corrupt house of Israel and its leaders that have served false gods, i.e. born the tabernacle of your Moloch and key in your images, the star of your God, will bring about God's judgment events and ensuing chaos in the day of the Lord. This house of Israel's corruption and resulting shame that will be revealed to the world will serve as justification for the global Antichrist Chaldeans, who you will recall have no loyalties and always play both sides of global conflicts, to come upon the house of Israel and the countries of Israel and the U.S. suddenly with their armies to siege and subsequently invade. Many of God's other judgment modalities in the day of the Lord described above will begin at this time. The Great and Terrible Day of God's Wrath Altogether, the sudden triggering event described above for the day of the Lord will initiate not only destruction for those involved in the false declaration of peace, i.e. saying peace, peace, when there is no peace, but events will escalate into what we know are the larger judgments that will come onto the entire world on this day. The magnitude and extreme severity of the soon coming great and terrible day of the Lord, a day described more than once as one of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, is characterized further in the following scriptures. The first two verses below are the words of Jesus Himself. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Luke 21 25-26. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Matt 24 21. 
The great day of the Lord is near, it is near, and hasteth greatly, even the voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty man shall cry there bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Zeph 1 14-15. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness, and not light. As if a man did flee from a lion, and a bear met him, or went into the house, and leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness, and not light? Even very dark, and no brightness in it? M5 18-20. 4. Behold, the day cometh, that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly, shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Mal 4-1. The day of the Lord represents the end of this current age and a conclusion of the ancient spiritual kingdom war on this earth that will leave few men remaining. We are told, the Lord alone will be exalted in that day, is 2-11. The Lord's Vengeance. With the summary and background above about coming severity of the time period known as the Day of the Lord, in the remainder of this passage I will provide additional detail about the primary elements related to the Lord's coming vengeance. In a follow-up passage part 2 I will address the kingdom adversary in more detail along with the spiritual kingdom battle from the heavens that will manifest worldwide. As discussed in the introduction of this passage, the Day of the Lord is the time of God's wrath poured out on the earth for His own vengeance. Although we are told that he is long-suffering, slow to anger, and very patient, when his anger comes in the day of the Lord it will bring his fury. In the remaining sections of this passage, I will describe the Lord's process of vengeance as it relates to his righteous cause, supernatural fighting, personal vengeance on his adversary, vengeance on behalf of his servant saints. The Lord's vengeance as it is addressed in all of these areas can be summed up as the effects of His Spirit of Truths and small flock remnant spiritual battle that is assisted by God's supernatural power from the heavens and Jesus Christ's support from the throne. In the big picture, God's Spirit of Truth, Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ fight under the umbrella of God's spiritual kingdom war that is administered from the heavens and manifests with all of its supernatural signs and wonders during the day of the Lord. Several ancient prophetic psalms of the house of David are a symbol of supernatural events as they will occur in the end times end times and will be overseen by God Himself follows. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven, the lightnings lightened the world, the earth trembled and shook. P 77:18. Then the earth shook and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains trembled, they were shaken because He burned with anger. P 18-7. Our God shall come, and shall not keep silence, a fire shall devour before Him and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. Peace 50-3. I will address this spiritual kingdom war in the day of the Lord particularly as it is conducted from the heavens in more detail in part 2. The Lord's Righteous Cause. In my last passage entitled, Gentiles in the End Times, I address the Lord's righteousness in judgment as one primary reason that the Gentiles will become believers in Jesus Christ as their Savior. When speaking of God's vengeance in the day of the Lord, it naturally follows that we find that the Lord is fighting for a righteous cause versus the same evil adversary that causes righteous Gentiles to reach out to Him. The Apostle Paul tells us that the Lord's vengeance is against those who know not God and obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul also explained in the book of Romans, speaking to the Jews, that those who judge others but still sin themselves due to hardness and impenitent hearts will face God's righteous wrath. The first two scriptures below about the Lord's righteous cause are the Apostle Paul's words, followed by the prophet Isaiah's. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, 
who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Rom 1:18. But if our unrighteousness command the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man. Rom 3-5. Surely, shall one say, In the Lord have I righteousness and strength, even to him shall men come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. Is 45-24. The final verse above likely refers to a member of God's last days faithful, righteous Jacob Judah remnant. I describe the righteous cause of this remnant in my last passage entitled, Gentiles in the End Times, as a reason that many Gentiles will align with them as believers in Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, God will protect this remnant and punish their adversary the last day's Babylonian regime that will have been their persecutors. The Lord will execute His righteous vengeance on behalf of this remnant of His saints. These are the remnant who are the reason we are told that the Lord will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, Rom 9:28. I discussed earlier in this passage the Lord's general principle of justice in doing to others as they have done, and this will apply again in the day of the Lord. On this day, God will apply this principle again as it applies specifically to His judgment against the persecuting Gentile Babylonian Antichrist Chaldean Kingdom. This is shown in the following scriptures. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity, he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Rev 13:10. Recompense her according to her work, according to all that she hath done, do unto her, for she hath been proud against the Lord, against the Holy One of Israel. Jer 50:29. The violence done to me and to my flesh be upon Babylon, shall the inhabitant of Zion say, and my blood upon the inhabitants of Chaldea, shall Jerusalem say, as Babylon hath caused the slain of Israel to fall, so at Babylon shall fall the slain of all the earth. Jer 51 49 In addition to God's righteous cause against Babylon and its worldwide system, His wicked house of Israel people who have joined and been complicit with this system and its multitude of lawlessness will also be punished. God warns His people in Scripture that He will judge, them, according to, their, ways. And recompense upon their heads their own ways. The Lord's Supernatural Fighting, His Spirit of Truth. In my series of posts on this site entitled, The Lord is With Us, I showed through Scripture how the Lord's Spirit of Truth, i.e. His Holy Spirit in person, will be among us or is in the midst in these end times. He represents God's own arm. He will awaken by means of a spiritual birthing. He will then arise, rise up to the prey, go forth, and fight, i.e. performing God's strange work and as part of the operation of God's hands, in an unconventional war versus the Antichrist Chaldeans. The Spirit of Truth and the righteous Jacob Judah small flock remnant are God's figurative collective artillery for the last days, behind-the-scenes unconventional battle on earth, in one case represented as an arrow that goes forth as lightning while God is seen over them. On this site, in my prior passages such as those entitled, The Lord is with us, I have provided scriptures that represent the Spirit of Truth's own fighting activities in these last days. He is God's arm and sword who is described in further detail as follows. For He put on righteousness as a breastplate, and an helmet of salvation upon his head, and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing, and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will repay, fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. Is 59 17-18. Therefore mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury, it upheld me. And I will tread down the people in mine anger, and make them drunk in my fury, and I will bring down their strength to the earth is 63-5-6. The spoilers are come upon all high places through the wilderness, for the sword of the Lord shall devour from the one end of the land even to the other end of the land, no flesh shall have peace. Jer 12-12.
due to the Lord's spirit of truth supernaturally assisted fighting, it is possible that he is the conqueror who is referred to in the book of Revelation. The outcome of the spirit of truth spiritual battle is highly tangible according to his physical, human presence, albeit as part of an unconventional, silent and behind-the-scenes war. I have described this warfare previously as likely a type of counterintelligence operation combined with law enforcement investigation that finally reveals the mystery of iniquity and its associated lawlessness. So the spirit of truth's spiritual battle, righteous cause and the outcome of his battle will represent the driving force behind the sword of war that will come upon the house of Israel for its transgressions, as well as for wars that break out between kingdoms and nations all over the earth because of the chaos and confusion as to the source of uncontrolled lawlessness. The Lord's Spirit of Truth will deliver the Jacob-Judah small flock remnant early out of end times chaos, will be their pathmaker through the wilderness, and will ultimately guide them in their return to the Holy Land. Returning children of Israel we are told will live in His sight when His going forth in the end times is described as being like the latter rain. The Lord's Supernatural Fighting, Jesus Christ In very general terms, we might consider the Lord's Spirit of Truth's battle above as one that is done on earth and is ongoing throughout the day of the Lord and the tribulation period. In contrast, we might think of Jesus as initially conducting His war and vengeance from the heavens above, with related supernatural effects, and then returning at some point in the tribulation period with additional supernatural signs and wonders to destroy the kingdom adversary once and for all. When we see descriptors like the following in Scripture, we are likely advised to be thinking of Jesus working from His heavenly throne in the end time shortly prior to the time that He will return. As just a sample, we are told that He measures the earth stretches his hand over the sea, causes his voice to be heard, roars from on high, looks and startles the nations. His, breath is like a stream of brimstone. The mountains saw and trembled. Everlasting mountains were scattered. Jesus will ultimately be the stone from above that is cut without hands and that will fall on and smite the prophetic image of Nebuchadnezzar, described in Daniel, chapter 2, on its feet of iron and clay to destroy it once and for all. He will come down from His throne for a quick judgment and destruction of the remaining wicked nations and their armies prior to establishing His kingdom as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We see additional supernatural indicators associated with Jesus' return, described in each of the following as His coming down, and applying to His fighting on earth in the day of the Lord as follows. 4. Behold, the Lord cometh forth out of His place, and will come down, and tread upon the high places of the earth. Mike 1-3. He shall judge the poor of the people, he shall save the children of the needy, and shall break in pieces the oppressor. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass, as showers that water the earth. Psalm 72 4,6. Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down, touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Cast forth lightning, and scatter them, shoot out thine arrows, and destroy them. Psalms 144 5-6. For thus hath the Lord spoken unto me, like as the lion and the young lion roaring on his prey when a multitude of shepherds is called forth against him, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor abase himself for the noise of them. So shall the Lord of hosts come down to fight for Mount Zion, and for the hill thereof. Is 31-4. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence, as when the melting fire burneth, the fire causeth the waters to boil, to make thy name known to thine adversaries, that the nations may tremble at thy presence. When thou didst terrible things which we look not for, Thou camest down, the mountains flowed down at thy presence. Is 64-1-3. You can see from these verses that Jesus' final return is a triumphant one when He comes from His heavenly throne to save His faithful on earth and establish His kingdom. The Lord's Personal Vengeance. 
One obvious purpose for the day of the Lord is so that he can take personal vengeance to destroy his enemies. This is his ancient kingdom enemy, Satan, along with Satan's rulers and minions on the earth. I will address Satan himself as part of the heavenly kingdom battle in part 2. In the meantime, the following scriptures summarize the Lord's enemies on earth in the day of the Lord who include the multitude of shepherds referred to in the Isaiah, ch. 31, verse above. The following scriptures show how all of Satan's minions will align against the Lord. And I saw the beast, and the kings of the earth, and their armies, gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse, and against his army. Rev 19:19. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. Rev 17:13-14. Why do the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together, against the Lord, and against His anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder, and cast away their cords from us. Peace 2-1-3. The Lord's wicked enemies who are the kings and rulers of the earth will rise against Him so that they can attempt to form their own kingdom. These are unwise, arrogant and prideful leaders who are drunken with their own corrupt power and wealth. We also learn that these are the ones in Babylon who have been proud against the Lord. So, the Lord's fighting will be to defeat them so that He can set up the heavenly kingdom that God has always intended. The following scriptures represent the Lord's coming vengeance to destroy this adversary in the day of the Lord. If I wet my glittering sword, and mine hand take hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to mine enemies, and will reward them that hate me. Do 32:41. But God shall wound the head of his enemies, and the hairy scalp of such an one as goeth on still in his trespasses. P 68:21. Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies, thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger, the Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. Peace 21-8-9. Therefore saith the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, Ah, I will ease me of mine adversaries, and avenge me of mine enemies. Is 1-24. In their ignorant pride and arrogance, world rulers and their minions have made and served their false religions, foreign gods and idols of wood and stone. This is readily obvious in these leaders' societies for those with eyes to see in these end times. These leaders have collaborated secretly via blood oaths with one primary commitment, they are Antichrist. Meanwhile, due to their unjustly gained worldly power, some even believe that they are their own gods. This is according to Scripture. The forsaking and dismissing of the one true God of Israel in favor of foreign, false gods and idols, and not obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ is why we are told a couple places in Scripture that God is a jealous God. For his enemies' rebellion, including those in his own wayward house of Israel who make him especially jealous, Scripture says that he will take revenge and repay. We read about this as follows. Therefore wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, until the day that I rise up to the prey, for my determination is to gather the nations, that I may assemble the kingdoms, to pour upon them mine indignation, even all my fierce anger, for all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. Zeph 3-8. God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth, the Lord revengeth, and is furious, the Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. Now 1-2. God is also jealous for and protective of his righteous saints. This is described in more detail below. The Lord's vengeance for his servant saints. While the wicked house of Israel and its transgressions is the initial spark behind the Lord's wrath in the day of the Lord, he will take vengeance on behalf of those in his house of Israel who are faithful and righteous. Paul wrote to the saints in Thessalonica, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you.
2 Thess 1-6. In the day of the Lord, this defense begins with the Lord fighting for his Jacob Judah small flock remnant faithful who I have discussed in detail on this site. I referred to the Lord's end times wrath for the sake of his righteous servants earlier in this passage. As this applies to his defense of his righteous remnant people, we are told that he will slay and punish their wicked enemies. This persecuted remnant in the last days will appeal for help, mercy and redemption similar to how their ancient house of David ancestors did as shown in the following prophetic Psalms. How long, Lord? Wilt thou be angry forever? Shall thy jealousy burn like fire? Pour out thy wrath upon the heathen that have not known thee, and upon the kingdoms that have not called upon thy name. For they have devoured Jacob, and laid waste his dwelling place. Peace 79-5-7. Yea, for thy sake are we killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off for ever. Wherefore hiddest thou thy face, and forgettest our affliction and our oppression? Peace 44 22-24. O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth, O God, to whom vengeance belongeth, show thyself. Lift up thyself, thou judge of the earth, render a reward to the proud. Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? Peace 94-1-3. The Lord's persecuted remnant's appeal in the last days will include the same reasoning as the ancient house of Israel when they were afflicted by their enemies. An example of their ancient appeal in one case in Scripture is given as, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them, wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Joel 2:17. In additional psalms with prophetic implications, King David demonstrated his faith as to how the Lord will answer these kinds of prayers and save his people. The following sentiments will apply prophetically again in these end times. For the Lord Most High is terrible, He is a great King over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us, and the nations under our feet. Peace 47-2-3. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be, that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Peace 137-8. The righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance, he shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked. So that a man shall say, Verily there is a reward for the righteous, verily he is a God that judgeth in the earth. Peace 58 10-11. As God's vengeance relates to these last days, His eyes are initially on His righteous Jacob Judah remnant who will have been persecuted and made desolate in Babylon U.S. We are told that the Lord's vengeance will include, recompenses for the controversy of Zion, is 34-8. This remnant's last days battle is the same behind-the-scenes struggle for righteousness and justice versus Antichrist Chaldean imprisoners and persecutors that is described earlier in this passage. Not only does the Lord empower these servants to fight for themselves in their unconventional battle, but he will take vengeance and repent himself specifically on their behalf to destroy the adversary in the day of the Lord as follows. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded, they shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them, and shalt not find them, even them that contended with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing, and as a thing of naught. Is 41 11-12. And I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh, and they shall be drunken with their own blood, as with sweet wine, and all flesh shall know that I the Lord am thy Saviour and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Is 49:26. For many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of them also, and I will recompense them according to their deeds, and according to the works of their own hands. A noise shall come even to the ends of the earth, for the Lord hath a controversy with the nations, He will plead with all flesh, He will give them that are wicked to the sword, saith the Lord. Jer 25 14, 31. Lord, when thy hand is lifted up, 
they will not see, but they shall see, and be ashamed for their envy at the people, yea, the fire of thine enemies shall devour them. Is 26:11. God's vengeance and punishment for the cause of His righteous small flock remnant will eventually become His greater vengeance for the remainder of His faithful, righteous, repentant house of Israel remnant along with Christ's faithful Gentiles in the tribulation period. These will be all of those whom Jesus spoke about who He said that because of His name will be hated by all the nations, killed, delivered to the courts, flogged in the synagogues, stand before kings, etc. Tilda. In summary, it will be the harlot of the end times Babylon kingdom that will be found to have been drunk with the blood of the saints. God's severe vile judgments of wrath poured out on the earth by His angels in heaven are administered because of the last days Babylon kingdom and its people who have shed the blood of the saints and prophets. We are told that at the time of Babylon's destruction, a voice from heaven will be heard saying, Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. Rev 18-6. The result of Babylon going up in smoke in the day of the Lord is a consequence of this kingdom's wicked war ongoing from ancient times against God and His people. About the harlot's kingdom we are told. And in her was found the blood of prophets, and of saints, and of all that were slain upon the earth. Rev 18-24. In the final phase of the global kingdom war, the harlot kingdom of Babylon and her complicit nations worldwide who rise up against the Lord will be destroyed by the Lord Jesus who comes down from heaven as shown earlier in this passage. This is summed up as follows. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treateth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Rev 19-2,15. We are told in the book of Revelation that there will be rejoicing in heaven over the Babylon kingdom's destruction. I will address the involvement from the heavens in the day of the Lord in more detail in part 2. Grace and Peace. Lion's Lair, LL.